Blog Talk Radio. The following show is a proud member of the ShowDoc Network. Learn more about this show and other great shows by logging on to ShowDoc.com. This week's episode of The Legal Docket is being sponsored by Blog Talk Radio, The Hyperbole Hour. Coming to you live from... What's on your docket? Welcome to the Legal Docket with Quas and Jay. Tune in to hear their take on law and politics to find out if our government makes the grade. Presented by ShowDoc.com. Hello and welcome to the Legal Docket on Blog Talk Radio. Time to talk politics. This is episode 17. For the month of November, November 11, 2012, tonight we're talking the election, uh, the election, the recap of election 2012, and we're talking also the top politics stories of the week. We're coming to you live tonight from Brooklyn, New York, and Staten Island, New York. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Ethan Klossman, and joining me alongside is Ilya Arbor once again. Ilya, thanks for joining me. No problem, Ethan. As always, this is another Sunday, another time for legal docket coming back to the second week. Uh, very glad to be back on the air once again. Um, a lot to talk about today. Um, but before we get into those things, I just want to take a couple of words now. Um, as you know, I, I do live in Staten Island, and uh, being in the kind of work the field that I'm in, I'm in journalism, uh, I, I got to see a lot of uh, the after effects, the aftermath, you would say, of what happened with the hurricane. And um, one of the things that I want to urge our listeners, for those of you listening, uh, people are still uh, without homes. A lot of people are still without electricity. Um, they definitely need all the help that you can that we can give them. Um, so I wanted to take this opportunity, being on a show like this and, and having this kind of uh, outreach, I just wanted to encourage everybody out there to please contribute and donate to whichever charity you choose, whether it be the Red Cross, whether it be the Save the Children charity, but um, all of the members of those charities are out here. They're giving the people the clothes, the food, and even the financial support. Uh, actually, I've, I've just read today from representatives of the Red Cross that the uh, best way to contribute is actually by uh, donating blood and donating financial way because that allows them to actually apply the uh, the money to where it needs to go as opposed to just uh, transferring the products, which actually is essentially more costly to them. Um, but definitely, if you're in the area, please donate, whether it be by volunteering your time and helping people clean out their homes and assisting them with blankets and flashlights and things of that nature. Please, the, these people still need your help. Uh, some of my friends were a part of this. They were on the victims of this. Uh, luckily, I live high enough that the only thing I got was a power outage, but there were other people that were much more affected than, than I was, and I encourage every one of our listeners to please, if you can, please donate. Uh, the people here still need your help. It was a very devastating hurricane in the New York City area, and uh, if it's possible, I would ask for your help in this. Uh, I'm a part of it. I've been volunteering, helping out some friends, and so I've seen it firsthand the devastation is just awful. So if you have a chance, 
uh, please donate whatever you can. Everything will be appreciated. Thank you so much. And uh, let's get on with the show then. Great. Uh, Brilliant intro, Ilya. And, of course, the hurricane was more of a major topic in the United States than the election was over the past week and a half. But uh, it's 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 great that uh, we have so many outlets for people to donate money, for people to help the victims. And uh, there's still a lot of people without power, like you mentioned, still a lot of people who uh, don't have basic necessities. Uh, and it's very good that uh, we, there are so many outlets to, to people to donate and to give their time and their money to uh, help those in need. Of course, of course. And I just want to remind people, it's, it's not just donating, just, the, just the, the like you said, time is what's most important. If anybody is in the New York area, I highly encourage them to get out to these areas to try to help out to distribute these things to people who need them. Uh, if you want to cook some food and bring it over, by all means, please do so. Uh, these people are definitely still out there. They have no stoves. They have no electricity. They have no microwaves. So any kind of food or anything you can bring them will definitely be helpful. I've seen people out there. Uh, literally bringing hot hot plates out there and plugging them in, plugging them into the generators just to cook some fresh food for these people who are just walking. Especially in the nighttime, it's quite scary. You just walk through and it's complete darkness out there. People are just walking down the streets with flashlights. It's a, it's a very strange scene for somebody who lives in New York City because we're so used to seeing everything open and everything being light all hours of the night. So, um, I guess just. Uh, yeah, that Ethan pretty much summed it up. Uh, contribute your time, contribute uh, your financial resources if you're able to spare some. Uh, I know these are difficult financial times, but believe me when I tell you, these people have no homes to live in. They're in much dire situation, um, and even even a dollar or two can make a huge difference. All right, let's get into the politics now. Yeah, um, let's start with a topic. You remember from during President Obama's. Uh, First term, uh, it, it's still it's still technically his first term because the, the, the inauguration is not until January 20th when his second term begins. I believe that's correct. But uh, during his first term, you remember the story about the Secret Service and the hookers in Colombia, and now we have another another story about. Uh, uh, about uh, some sins that uh, a politician committed, and his name is David Petraeus, uh, director of the Central Intelligence Agency, the director of the CIA, who um, was involved in an extramarital affair. Ilya, what do you make of this? Uh, this is coming out now that... Um, he resigned on November 9th, 2012, so he resigned a couple of days ago, and he was involved with the extramarital affair that he resigned for personal reasons, and it's interesting that uh, this this came out uh, around election day. Yeah. Well, my thoughts are on this. As, as you well know, Ethan, he is far from the first politician to resign due to... Uh, issues of that nature. Uh, those of us who are in New York probably remember Governor Spitzer in a similar situation. Yeah. Uh, however, General Petroyus, uh he was a 
key member, I would say, of the uh, of, of the military, uh, not only as the director of the CIA, the post from which he resigned, but also prior to that as a general during uh, the war in Iraq and in Afghanistan. Uh, he was a major confidant of uh, former President George W. Bush, and it is believed that they frequently conferred with one another about the uh, direction that the war was taking. Um, and in fact, General Petroius was uh, originally not how do I put this? He, he wasn't on very good terms with President Obama. In fact, if, uh, if yeah, I don't know if you remember, Ethan, but uh, quite a while back when uh, President Obama was still a senator from Illinois, uh, they had some harsh exchanges uh, in terms of the direction that the uh, troops, the, the removal of the troops from, uh, from the ground forces from Afghanistan. And so this is a man who was very key, I would say, to our military strategy uh, over the past decade, particularly since 9-11. And uh, I think that he was a person who was very well respected in military circles. It's not always liked, definitely respected. And uh, he was very well able to um, particularly uh, get the media involved and really have them understand what the ground forces are really, what's going on over in Iraq and Afghanistan. And I think, uh, you know, regardless of what happened, uh, his contributions should not be under question. This was a man who has done a lot for the country during his public service. This is a man who served our country for quite a number of years. And, uh, you know, you, you, everybody makes mistakes. People make bad judgments, of course. But, uh, you know, discrediting his whole career... Uh, would be foolish because he has done quite many things for the country which have absolutely nothing to do with uh, a lapse in judgment over the past, uh, I believe it was a year that this was going on. Uh, so I, I definitely think, um, you know, General Petroius is the key figure in our country, and I know that President Obama was having some second thoughts. Uh, I believe uh, various sources, including the Associated Press, reports that President Obama asked, uh, was notified on Thursday and uh, actually upon submission by General Petroius of his resignation, Obama asked to think about it overnight. And, um, uh, you know, thinking about that, I, I, can, I think everybody can identify with the fact that this man was quite important to our strategy and quite important to President Obama, which is interesting. Um, don't you think this was, would have been a bit surprising, Ethan, to President Obama, who just got elected, and uh, he was just celebrating his first term, his second term, uh, and just upon his return to Washington, this is the very first thing that lands on his desk. What yeah. do you think of that? I think, I, I think, yeah, I think that's a bit surprising. That's a little bittersweet, I think, because uh, President Obama had quite a victory uh, back on Election Day, which I, I don't know if we will touch on that or not, but it was quite a quite an interesting victory, and then as soon as he comes back to Washington, this is a scandal of huge proportions that he has to deal with. And particularly, let's talk about another point. Um, are you familiar with what, how this came about? How General Petraeus is, um, how, how was it that this came to light? Um, well, the scandal grew. Uh, a, a mystery woman had spoken According to, according to the Daily News in New York, 
a mystery woman sparked the scandal that ended the career of General David Petroyas after she was bombarded with threatening emails uh, from... She was bombarded with threatening emails from... From the CIA, from the CIA's chief's alleged mistress, an official told the Daily News, mm-hmm. um, and that's really. Well, if I remember, what was it? What was particularly interesting to me was that um, the FBI was actually investigating um, what I believe was uh, it was investigating some suspicious communications particularly the CIA, and for the head of the CIA to... It seems that he was involved in some kind of security breach. And uh, this this may have been this may have been an issue. And, and particularly, you know, we think about an extramarital affair. Yes, it's terrifying for the people involved, including the, his spouse, um, Holly Torres, uh, but more so, he was the director of the CIA. This was a man who was entrusted with quite a few foreign secrets. And, yeah. uh, you, you know, you, you think about the history. I mean, I, I don't know if you're familiar with who Mata Hari is, but uh, many years ago, I forget which country is, but she was a, uh, a famous spy. She was the woman who performed the original, what was known as the Honey Trap which is essentially a woman who lured lured men in power through the use of sexual means in order to uh, receive classified information for them and pass it off to her superiors. Oh, wow. So the fact that uh, General Petroyas is such an interesting... um, It's an interesting observation. He's the head of the CIA. Can you imagine how many secrets he has that he must... you You know, that probably our enemies, the enemies of the United States must probably want to know about it. It's just a fascinating thought. Um, here, let me just get you an idea. Uh, yes, Mata Hari was a uh, Dutch exotic dancer and a spy uh, who performed espionage for Germany during World War One. So uh, just to give you a little background on who that was that I was talking about just now. But more particularly, uh, you know, to think that to be in such a such a uh, a high position, such an entrusted position, and to put yourself out there, and uh, I, I think that that is just beyond reproach for a person as experienced as uh, General Petroyus was. I think that was a a very very um, incorrect course of action. I would say. Yeah, the number to call in. You want to talk with me and Ilya about any of these topics we mentioned. Or uh, about about uh, how you felt about the election, your response to President Obama being reelected. Number to call in is one three four seven four two six thirty nine zero three. You can also um, IM us at Ilya Arbit at Jabber dot org, as well as Ethan Klossman at Jabber dot org. You need to have a Jabber IM uh, a client to do that. You can also chat with us over at the Show Doc Log Talk Radio um, chat room of the Show Doc Network radio station. Uh, 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 the website is um, at go.showdoc.com slash LD17 for our 17th episode. 
So thank you for tuning for uh, checking us out, and uh, we hope that you can call us up or share comments with us in the chat room during the live show. Now switching gears over to the election recap, this just out from CBS News today uh, and from lots of other sources that Obama won Florida, which was a big win for him in the election. The final electoral vote count was um, for the 332 to 206, and Romney lost uh, the Florida's as a total of over 29 electoral college votes by a margin of 73,858. So that's a pretty wide margin, Ilya, for Obama to lose, I mean, for, for, for Mitt Romney to lose a key state like Florida. Mm-hmm. Yeah, slip of the tongue there, Ilya, for Obama to lose. <laughs> um, no, I, I think uh, the entire election taken as a whole, I mean, uh, Romney lost more than just Florida. Romney lost um, Pennsylvania. Romney lost Ohio. Uh, Romney lost a lot of the states in which he actually focused a lot of his efforts in, which says a lot, actually, because, um, you know, all that outreach and everything that he was doing, it seems it wasn't enough. It seems people just weren't convinced that he was the right man for the job. And uh, I think the election was very fair. Uh, the predictions was quite dire. The predictions were saying that this was going to be a close election, but to be honest with you, by midnight, it was pretty pretty clear who was going to be the winner. Uh, and it actually took a much shorter time than anybody expected. And I believe by uh, 1 o'clock, if I remember correctly, uh, Governor Romney had conceded. And so it's a terrible loss for Romney, it's a terrible loss for the Republican Party, particularly because they were already divided as it is, but with this loss, this just signifies once again that if the Republicans want to take office in four years' time, they need to regroup, focus their thoughts, and I've actually heard a lot of theories that Romney may have gone a little bit too far to the right during the primaries, and it actually hurt him in the long run during the general election. What do you take on that? Uh, yeah, you mean during the primaries, right? During the primaries, yeah. I, I, a lot of a lot of um, Republican-leaning pundits are saying that um, Governor Romney leaned a little bit to the right to get all those conservatives onto his side uh, during the primaries, that he went so far that he actually alienated a lot of the people uh, who he was targeting during the general election. And when when they were hearing things that he said during the primaries, they weren't sure that, um, you know, he was going to stick to the same ideas, stick to the same thoughts. If you remember, he actually went a little bit more towards the center of the general election near the end, more so than he was during his debates in the primaries. For anybody who's been following this from the very beginning, they could actually see, you know, there was a very common... Uh, what was it? There's a common moment going around where one of the senior advisors to Romney said that uh, essentially the general election is like an edge sketch. You shake it up and you start over. And I think that's exactly what happened. That's exactly the strategy they took where uh, Romney was actually changed some of his views between the primaries and the actual uh, general election debates, which occurred much later in time. Right. And. Uh... You know, and also Romney didn't seem to have a lot of the support 
of some of the uh, Republican um, candidates he defeated in the primaries. Yeah, well, that that's actually quite a common uh, common occurrence. Uh, you know, not everybody agrees with him. Not everybody thinks that he's the best way. And that's particularly what I was talking about earlier, is the fact that um, the Republican Party is very segmented right now. They're very divided. They have the Tea Party. They have the, the ultra-conservatives. Uh, they have the <laughs> liberal-leaning uh, Republicans. So there's, there's a very wide margin between these groups, and they've become so marginalized that it's very difficult for them to unite under one person as one party trying to gain power. And uh, although the Republicans were able to keep the House uh, by, I, I think, pretty much uh, also a pretty wide margin, uh, it, it's indicative because they thought that they had this in the bag, and yet um, I think it was that division that ultimately drove the independent voters away from the Republicans and more towards the Democratic side of things, which uh, all their differences aside, almost universally support President Obama. So that should tell you something. You know, definitely. Um, also, for all our listeners, our, our um, <laughs> university... Um, Albany uh, friend and, and our co-host uh, Ilya Arbin, I mean uh, not Ilya, <laughs> J.V. Rhoda will hopefully be with us in the uh, for future shows. Um, he's currently on assignment at Albany, so hopefully he'll join us in the future. Um, it's, it's unfortunate. I, I definitely J.V. is an old friend of mine uh, back from our high school days, and uh, it's, it's too bad we can't have him here with us, uh, joining us for our show and. Giving his input, he has a uh, he has quite an extensive knowledge of these issues as well, and uh, it's unfortunate that he hasn't been back with us as of yet. But uh, we're hoping he comes back soon, and uh, he's able to join us for some future shows. Uh, he's definitely a very valuable asset of ours, and uh, can't wait to have him back. Definitely. We got to another topic here. I'm sure you heard about uh, the federal deficit and how. Um, uh, uh, Boehner and Obama are kind of at odds about how to reduce the federal deficit. And of course, taxes are a big part of that, uh, and whether or not to tax the wealthy or to um, not tax the wealthy more, that's obviously uh, a big issue, a big political topic that's going to be a probably take a big part out of President Obama's um, his, uh, his State of the Union address in January. Um, federal deficit uh, is now has, has topped $1 trillion for the fourth straight year. And that's going to take, that's going to be a major uh, uh, issue um, with uh, Democrats and Republicans in the House. Also, another Election Day result, uh, the Republicans, I believe they maintain control of the House. Is that correct? And I believe, yeah, that's, that's, that's the last I heard. 
and the Democrats uh, got control of the uh, of the uh, Senate. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, Democrat Democrats would take control of the Senate, just like they had. And uh, there were there were some interesting victories also, as you know, uh, Elizabeth Warren was elected. Uh, that was a key victory for the Democrats, and uh, a couple others. I believe Todd Aiken is no longer a, a governor, so that was an interesting election. But more particular, going back to the taxes that you mentioned, Ethan, um, you know, taxes have been a major issue the past couple of years uh, as the economy talks were going. But one particular thing, you know, I don't mean to say it, a lot of people worried about the Mayan calendar predicting the end of the world in 2012. Well, guess what? Uh, I think December 31st is going to be make it or break it for the United States. Uh, the Bush tax cuts are going to expire. And that's going to put a heavy burden on everybody. Right. And I, I think that unless, you know, the Congress and the President can come to some kind of a solution in the next month or so, uh, we're bound for a very difficult time going forward. Uh, and, you know, not just not just for the wealthy, not just for the middle class, not for the poor. It's going to be difficult for everybody involved um, because the Bush tax cuts involved cuts all across the board. Um, there are differences in opinion whether, you know, the wealthy should be taxed more. Um, obviously, it's a long and drawn-out, complicated issue which has been examined from all sides, I'm sure, by many parties. And, you know, but regardless of what view anybody holds, I think everybody agrees on one point. The tax code has to be revamped. We cannot continue to exist. We cannot continue to do business in the same way with the current existing tax code. Uh, so going off of going off of that, I think that should be really the unifying point during their negotiations. You know, we should say, look, everybody needs to take concessions. It's not easy to make certain decisions. Something's got to give. And one of the things that they need to set as their priority is let's reform the tax code. Let's make the tax code easier. The tax code is way too complicated right now. There's way too many exemptions, exclusions, um, diversions. There's way too much involved in the tax code. And I think simplifying the tax code should be one of the very first priorities for not only Congress, but particularly for President Obama. He's been elected for a second term. And now there's no better time for action than now. And I think that President Obama should make this his first priority, is reforming the tax code, um, negotiating about the tax cuts and figuring out what the best option would be. But if those tax cuts expire and nothing is done, we're going to be for some dire times and gridlock in Washington is not going to be helping anybody. In fact, I think it will just infuriate the country even further People are already dismayed by the way the government has been dealing with the economy, and unless something is done about those tax cuts, they're going to be even more disappointed. That's a great point. I'm reading an article right now from WND.com. Another interesting uh, uh, topic under President Obama's second term is going to be the debt limit. House Speaker John Boehner who has twice capitulated to raising the debt limit under Barack Obama's presidency, 
is not only about to do it again, this time he has raised the white flag of surrender before the bargaining has even begun, say members of his own caucus. So it's not just House Republicans and conservative pundits who see it. Even Obama's closest advisors see a clear, fit, see a clear field to dictate the terms of continued borrowing and spending for the next four years. David Axelrod, who is the architect of Obama's re-election effort, said Boehner has given encouraging signs that House Republicans, whose approval, whose approval of any spending plan and any hike in the debt limit is required, are ready to work with the White House. Republican Senator Bob Corker of Tennessee agreed. He says there is a basis for a deal, he told Fox News, the conservative media outlet. And less than 24 hours after the election, Boehner, Jim Boehner held a conference call with House Republicans telling them it's time to, to compromise with Democrats and avoid the, conten the, the contentious fights over the last two years. Um, and, and one Republican, Tom Price of Georgia, uh, told, um, told the, the news website Politico that they're not opposed to the president's health care law because of this election. They're opposed because it's bad policy and it's bad for patients all across this land. I remember Mitt Romney, um, his state was a model for Obamacare. <laughs> and uh, that was an interesting point which was brought up. And that was point, too, that Mitt Romney was actually the uh, the model for it. A lot of the ma major points of the new so-called Obamacare law is uh, actually uh, very similar to Mitt Romney's own plan. So it's, it's curiously interesting. But... Uh, I, I'm not sure. I'm sorry to have interrupted you, Ethan, but I got only one thing to say about all of that. Do you know what that is? Yes. What is it? It is about time. About time. It is about time. It is about time that they've come to their senses and realized that all that bickering leads to nowhere. It is about time that Tim Geithner puts them on the spot and says, look, we need a solution. I think it's about time that the Republicans really sit down and say, well, what exactly is bothering us? Instead of just throwing random, you know, sound bites here and there. The election is over. We've got at least four more years to, to do this. Let's get down to business. You know? You can't change. You can't change anything. You can't continue on going with a hard head against it because you won't get anywhere. I think it's time for them to sit down at the table, to start looking at things, to start saying, okay, look, where can we compromise? What can we do? What can we do to help improve our our situation? How, how can we reduce that? How can we reduce our reliance on, on China? And our, our uh, how can we, you know, in, uh, encourage companies to stay here? How can we encourage companies not to, uh, you know, export all of our work overseas, but to keep them here and to keep Americans employed while at the same time building up our economy. And I think that, you know, all in all, one of the things I wanted to mention, particularly on this show, and, um, you know, me and Ethan spoke about it briefly uh, off the air by ourselves. Um, President Obama had said a great victory speech. And one of his key moments during the speech was the fact about unification, 
We're all Americans. We're all working towards the same goal. Our goal is to have a better future for ourselves, a better future for our kids, for our grandkids. And one of the ways of getting to that future that we see, to that secure future, is is financial security. The people we elected to our government, be they Democrats or Republicans or whoever, those people represent every person in the United States. Those people are responsible for the financial security of the future of our country. And I think it's about time that they sit down and they look at that responsibility and they take that responsibility seriously so that they can come to the American people with a plan. It's fine to say this won't be easy. It's fine to say this is going to take sacrifices, but it's not fine to say we have no answer. Right. Absolutely true. Anyways, Ethan, I want to bring up an interesting point to you, and uh, this is something that we've been looking at. Uh, There's been rumors going around on various websites um, about Hillary Clinton uh, contemplating leaving the State Department. What do you make of that? There was a story on CBS News that Hillary Clinton said on Wednesday that she will not remain as Secretary of State if President Obama wins his second term in office. Wow. Uh, So Clinton, who did a a series of interviews in Cairo, said no when asked if she would remain after the 2012 election. I wonder if this has to do with with former President Bill Clinton's speech at the Democratic National Convention. She also said she would not run for president again, seek the vice presidency, or become Secretary of Defense. In December, uh, she said that the Secretary of State is her last public position. The former two-term senator said that after she finishes her current position, she will probably go back to advocacy work, which is mainly on women and children, and probably around the world. Clinton has also been discussed as a potential replacement for Defense Secretary Robert Gates, who he, who he plans to step down the next year. There's also speculation that she could, re- she could replace Vice President Biden on the 2012. Oh, this is in March 16th. This is oh no, this is a while back. This article was written in CBS News, but. Um, Time will tell by January 20th whether or not Hillary Clinton is going to remain Secretary of State. But it should be interesting to see because you have to admit Hillary Clinton has done a tremendous job. She's probably been one of our best, uh, one of our best uh, uh, um, statesmen uh, that we've had since uh, Condoleezza Rice. No, I, I think she is, and this is interesting. I'm actually looking at an article from the um, Christian Post. I best, uh, not a statesman, one of the state's women. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm actually looking at an article from the Christian Post on November 8th, and, and this is, here's an interesting fact. Um, a lot of people actually still like Hillary Clinton, and actually a lot of people... Uh, are still want her to run for president, and I know you in the CBS article that she has no intentions, but you know those things can change. A lot of politicians, when they see some support, they may change their minds about it. Uh, one of the interesting things is they they report here that as Republican presidential candidate Mitt Romney was uh, giving his concession speech, the hashtag 
Hillary 2016 was trending on the social media site Twitter. Now, to those that don't know, a hashtag is, is essentially a topic of conversation. Um, it is essentially, anybody who wants to post a tweet, which is a 140-character summary, uh, they can sound that off and put this topic on it so that everybody who is researching that topic at that point in time can see that message that they have sent. Uh, the fact that this is mentioned as trending on the media site Twitter, I think this is particularly the, uh, a point where there's a lot of people at the same time are all posting with that topic at, at hand. And the fact that this was a trending topic on Twitter, particularly in the social media world, we talked a little bit about this during our pre-election show, how much social media affected it. I think this is reflective. People are perhaps thinking about it. People are perhaps considering that Hillary Clinton is a good good option for it. It's, it's a good uh, idea for them to... Uh, encourage President Clinton, I'm sorry, uh, the uh, Senator Clinton to run for president again now that President Obama is no longer in the running for another term. Yeah, definitely. What do you think? Uh, I think that uh, in terms of what? What do I think in terms of... Um, what do you think of another Hillary Clinton run for president? Uh, she, she's getting up there in age. <laughs> well, that's never stopped anybody. Let me remind you of, um, I believe, uh, Senator McCain. That hasn't stopped him, certainly. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. Uh, John McCain's much older, so, yeah, maybe it is a possibility. And speaking of Facebook and Twitter, so I want to let people know that you can find the legal docket on Facebook and Twitter. That's where we're going to um, we're going to keep, we're going to keep you posted of all of our future shows and everything. Um, you can find us at facebook.com/legaldocket and at twitter.com/legaldocket. Uh, that's where you can find us. Um, and uh, And so you, of course, guys, can always, you, you can call, always call us in. Uh, we are available here by phone if you want to talk to us. Uh, our phone number is 347-426-3903. That's 347-426-3903, and you can talk to us. To, uh, you can call us when you know you are here talking about politics and election 2012, recapping that. And uh, you can also uh, check us out in our chat room. We have it at go.showdoc.com slash LD17. That's episode number 17. And uh, also you can reach us through our IMs. Uh, we're available on uh, Ethan Quasman at Jabber.org and Ilya Arbit at Jabber.org. Uh, you can use any one of those uh, clients like iChat or uh, I don't remember what you use, Ethan, but I personally use iChat and it's a great program. Uh, but you can use any one of those IM, uh, email, uh, IM clients you use and you can... Uh, chat with us live during our show and send us your messages or questions and we'll definitely bring it up during our show at any point in time. And with mm-hmm. that, I'd like to mention another point. An so right point that, uh, uh, that I've been researching and thinking about is, um, you know, now that we know that President Obama is over to the next term and uh, we certainly know that 
he's not going to be out in the running again. Uh, now an interesting thought appears. Um, who's going to be, you know, we mentioned this with Hillary Clinton, but who else is out there? Who else could be the next in line, we should say, from the um, from the Democratic side to take the ticket come, um, you know, come 2016? Who are the rising ranks of people? I know that Republicans have already mentioned, now that Mitt Romney is off the stage, they have mentioned uh, Marco Rubio as one of the candidates for 2016. But he was, he was, it's been, kind of, it's been quite, kind of quiet on the Democratic side, so I'm wondering um, who's out there, who's going to take the, the part. Uh, I mean, we did mention Hillary Clinton as one of them, but like you said, I'm sorry? Yeah, that's an interesting topic because um, Marco Rubio is one of the keynote speakers at the Republican National Convention, and uh, he's also, like President Obama, he's also considered a minority, even though Hispanics are one of the fastest-growing population right now in the United States. Uh, Rubio is a, of a minority uh, under, uh, the census, under the U.S. Census Bureau. So, um, yeah, the 2016 election should be interesting to see. We're first going to go through another four years of Obama, and uh, hopefully the economy will get back on track. And uh, hopefully Obama will bring us forward, like his campaign said. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, we still have four more years, and that's uh, that, that. Of course, is as always a, uh, a, a you know something that we are looking forward to. But at the same time, we got to look forward. Uh, we're, we've you know we still have other people around, and uh, there's definitely going to be some reshuffling, I think, now that President Obama is back in office to see um, who's up next, who's the rising star, so to say. If you remember, uh, President Obama particularly uh, got his start as, as in, in the mainstream from the 2004, um, from his speech during the 2004 Democratic National Convention. So I think an interesting concept is Who's next? Who's going to be? Who's going to be looking? Who are we looking at next? And how are we? You know, how how's that? How are those people going to grow? Is there, is there anybody who we can see right off the top of, of our head? Uh, can you repeat that? I said, do you think there's anybody that we can see kind of rising through the ranks? Like I mentioned, Marco Rubio, but do you see anybody kind of rising through the ranks as we go in the Democratic field? Uh, obviously. Uh, um, Senator Clinton. Senator Clinton certainly won't be. I, I, I don't personally believe that she'll be back. I know a lot of people want to, but I don't think that um, she's, she's going to be coming back anytime soon. I think she'll. Yeah, I, I, I know. I know. I know. Won't be Dion Edwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's that's going to be an interesting one. Um, let's see. I actually forgot right off the top of my head what I wanted to say. Actually, let's get back a little bit, just really quickly, uh, over to the Pretorius affair. I know we covered a lot of that, um, but one of the interesting things to say is, uh, obviously, Pretorius was confirmed by Congress. Wasn't that? Isn't that correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it's clear that one of some of the first people to have a question about what went on will be members of Congress. And guess what? Washington Post, just reporting in the story today, 
that members of Congress said that they want to know more details about the FBI investigation that revealed an extramarital affair. And uh, you know, I can I can definitely see the uh, Senate Intelligence Committee being involved in this. Uh, they're key in selecting the next the next director of the CIA, and I think that they're going to be much more scrutinizing to the next person. Very, they're very hesitant to the committee, particularly because um, General Petroius was coming very background, and as you know, CIA does not work well with the military people. He actually had to resign from the military originally in order to uh, jump back into the CIA and kind of start fresh without any of his military background. He actually exited the military prior to the director of the CIA. Wow. That's impressive. So it's interesting to see now that the uh, Congress is getting involved because they're definitely going to be involved in selecting the next director of the CIA. So we were gonna, I think it's interesting to know that they're taking this seriously. They're taking this as a responsibility, and I think that they're going to be very involved over the next few days really trying to understand um, what went on and how this could happen to a man of such... I guess high respect, and this is something that happens quite frequently. I think in politics, and it's it's strange that no matter how many years go by, it, it seems we're more and more closer to seeing more of these things go mainstream. And I, you know, I, I don't understand why it keeps happening. Sometimes, you know, you, these people are elected; they're elected to represent us, and yet they, I guess, the stress of the job gets to them but I guess we'll have to see on how things go. Uh, Also, interesting fact I'm reading right now from the Washington Times, um, Chuck Schumer and um, Senator Lindsey Graham are actually trying to resurrect the bipartisan immigration reform. Uh, Mr. Schumer actually spoke about this on Meet the Press earlier today um, about working on a passed the citizenship uh, that that, uh, that has been worked on by uh, President Obama earlier in the year. What do you think of that? you think that that's going to have a ch- chance of passing now in the second term of President Obama? You mean the, the, uh, this, the, the reform? Yeah, they were talking about uh, reforming the immigration, and, and I know that the DREAM Act was one of the things that was being talked about, and I think... You know, one yeah, of the things that, the that immigrants are looking at. I'm sorry? The DREAM Act is crucial, and uh, I think that uh, Obama's administration is going to get it done. Um, oh, actually, now I'm seeing on Facebook, I follow CBS News, and there's a report that um, two days after the abrupt resignation of Director David Petroius, more details are emerging about the chain of events that led to his departure. Sources say the downfall of of, of, of David Petroius was rooted in jealousy. So that's interesting to note that. That's just... That's well, just, of course. That is such a surprise, Ethan. <laughs> Sorry for my sarcasm, but I think uh, a lot of the uh, major scandals are often very rooted in jealousy. It's, it's just the uh, nature of the human beings <laughs> that are very 
very, very jealous nature that gets them to uh, do some dire things, which they wouldn't otherwise do. It actually turns us into monsters, I think. But that's regardless. Uh, yeah, that the whole Petroius thing, I expect as the days go by, we're going to hear more and more as to how, you know, what occurred. And, and interesting, here's another thing. Just remember it, actually. I, I'm going to jump, jump a little bit on this. But if you remember, Benghazi was just a few few weeks ago. Yeah, that's correct, yeah. And, you know, General Petroyas was right there in the middle of it all. The CIA was definitely under question whether they had some inside information about this. And it, it's curious to see over the next few days... Uh, I, I believe uh, just this week, General Petraeus was scheduled to appear before Congress, and uh, who knows what will happen now and how that's going to be affected. Because it seems to me that, you know, now that this has come out, it may be a question of, um, you know, how much of his attention was on the uh, actual issues at hand and how much of it was on uh, covering up another scandal of a uh, rather personal sort. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's an interesting point. Um, so you know, we all talked about how there was a lack of intelligence during, right after the Benghazi attack, and how a few of the members of the administration may have jumped the gun on that. But I think now it may come out that there may have been more involved than what met the eye. So uh, it's interesting that it comes out after the election, though. Yeah, definitely. I think this would have been a. I think this would have been a. First of all, I think this would have been a big win for Romney if this happened right before the election. What do you yeah. think, Ethan? <laughs> yeah, Romney could have. Romney would have ran with this one. Yeah, he would have. That would have definitely helped him after that forty-seven percent remark. <laughs> oh, you got that right. He'd certainly be able to relate to the forty-seven percent now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that that was uh, that was very harsh at that point. But you know what? I think both campaigns made some mistakes. I think, you know, not just the uh, not just Romney. Romney obviously lost. But if you remember, the popular vote was actually not that far off. I, I don't know the final results, but I believe the popular vote was actually very very close. It wasn't such a huge drastic difference when you take into account how many people actually participated in the election. So it does seem that, uh, you know, although the electoral votes are what counts, but it seems that a large chunk of the country was actually not very happy with President Obama's performance. And I think that that's going forward into the second term. I think that's definitely something that, you know, he needs to look at and reevaluate. And, uh, you know, we're getting close to the end of our show, but one thing that President Obama mentioned is he says, you know, we're all Americans. And I think that you know, everybody should stand by him. He is the president of the United States. He is the leader of this country, and I think a lot of people, whether they were for him or against him, should stand by him. Uh, you know, and there's Mitt, Mitt this, Romney. Mitt Romney had a very good, uh, very good concessional speech. I mean, concession speech. Uh, where is it from again? I forgot where he did it, but. Uh, I believe Boston, Massachusetts. Well, that's correct, Boston. That's correct. Yes, and 
that really went pretty well too. Yeah, um, and in his speech, it was also very apparent that he he understands that it's about more than just him. It's about more than just the election. Um, President Obama, I go back to this because he touched on this. He says uh, the reason that the debates were so passionate, the reason that there was a lot of back and forth aside from the usual politics, was because Mitt Romney and President Obama, they both care about the country. They both care about the future of the country. They may have two different approaches to it, but I think the main goal is that they both want to see this country strive and succeed and then remain at the top of the game. And I think Governor Romney touched on that as well. He mentioned about the fact that, you know, going forward there's going to be a lot of difficulties. This country is going to have a lot of tough questions to address. But one thing that's important to realize is that at the end of the day, we're all Americans. We're all here to live together under one roof. What's that? To fulfill the American dream. Exactly, exactly. And and ultimately, everybody wants to achieve that. Everybody wants this country to thrive. Everybody wants, you know, the United States to be a a key member of the world, certainly a a uh, power to be reckoned with, and, uh, you know, he, he made some good points about it, but regardless of that, it, it seems that President Obama mentioned that he wants to to have an open conversation, both with Governor Romney, with uh, Senator McCain, and I want to see more of that. I personally would love to see President Obama sit down with these people and really say, what are your ideas? I may not agree with you, but I'm willing to be open to hear them because there may be portions of your ideas that may be implemented in a positive way. And I think by sitting down and really hearing them out could also be something that is, you know, something that, that people can actually, it resonates with them. They can say, hey, look, this is this is a good idea. Maybe we can utilize it as part of our plan. So I think sitting down and really hearing out of the ideas is one of the first steps that he should do now that he's back in Washington. Speaking of uh, moving forward, uh, our Facebook page moving forward, we got two more likes today. So thank you, whoever liked our page for doing that. We really appreciate that. Uh, And seven people saw our post about the show tonight. So thank thank you for tuning in if you did. We really appreciate it, and we hope that we can talk to you, you know, on the phone lines, in our chat room, during live shows in the future. We have some great ideas planned for future shows, so definitely uh, stay with us uh, moving forward. And Ilya, any closing thoughts on tonight? Uh, uh, I know we talked off air that uh, the election results weren't exactly as you planned them to be, as you hoped them to be, but we have to be we have to move forward here with, um, as Obama's campaign says, we got we have to. Uh, there's no more campaigning now. Now it's back to work. Well, it's not just me. Uh, you know, a lot of people feel that way, and I, I don't necessarily think that one way or the other was bad. Uh, to be honest with you, I think both campaigns did a phenomenal job. They all did a oh, yeah. great job. And, uh, you know, President Obama did a great job in his own right. And to be honest with you, the election was fair. He won in a very fair way. And I think that he definitely deserves deserves that. And with that, 
we got to support him. He's our president. He's the guy we got to be with. Okay, great closing thoughts. Thank you for tuning in to tonight's show. In the future, we're going to have music to close out the show. But tonight, we'll leave you with uh, nothing. <laughs> but just, thanks just for tuning in. Just, just a goodbye for tonight. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your likes. Uh, this was Ilya Arvin here with the Legal Docket. This is Ethan Klossman. Uh Thank you for tuning in, and we hope to speak with you down the future, down the line. Good night, everyone. Good night. Bye-bye.